This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk or 3people.k.uk for more information. Welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. My name is Patch, and with me, as always, is Matt. Matt, how are you? It's Friday. Um, it's, it's Friday, a, yay. It's, it is, yeah. The day before QPR away, so we've got a bit of a, a pre-match show for you today. Um, and Matt, you're in the car, but uh, sounding lovely. Thank you very much, mate. Yeah, this is the, uh, my, new, uh, my new car, obviously, uh, better acoustics. So, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Well, we've 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 um we've pulled this together because today there was an announcement about a memorandum of understanding between Bristol City Football Club and the Bristol City Supporters Club and Trust. Bit of background to that as part of a government expert working group on the football supporter ownership and engagement from the start of the 2016-17 season. It's a requirement for all EPL and EFL clubs to meet structured dialogue commitments. This all sounds very professional. The minimum level of commitment is for senior club representatives, that's owners, directors and senior executive management, to meet with a representative group of supporters that must include the supporters trust at least twice a year. So we've got with us Stu Rogers from the Supporters Club and Trust. Stu, how are you? I'm all good, mate. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Just wanted to, to get you on to bring this to life a little bit for us. And a uh, lovely picture of you with the ever smiling Richard Gould on the pitch. I don't know if that was uh, taken. Yeah. On, no, Saturday. Preston. On Saturday. On Saturday. Yeah. Brilliant. So, yeah, Stu, welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast. And um, yeah, give us a little bit of, a, of an overview, a bit of history to bring it to life a bit for us. Yeah, sure, sure. So I'm, I'm the chair of the Supports Club and Trust, which is basically the Supports Club and the Supports Trust that merged back in 2012. Um, and we've always wanted to be uh, in a what we call a structured dialogue with the football club. And in fact, we generally have been, but it's been a bit of an uphill struggle to always get their attention. So what we've, um, the original ethos of a supporters trust is to try and get a fans representative on the board. And um, for a spell, we did attend some board meetings early on, um, but I think it's dif- more difficult, if I'm honest, for clubs in the Premier League and the Championship to achieve that, uh, or that does happen in, in other leagues. So we figured this was the next best step really, which was to try and get this memorandum of understanding signed. And it all happened really quickly because, um, I mean, let's face it, Richard Gold's a different person. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're dealing now with um, with someone who's willing to listen. Well, communication's um, high up on his agenda, isn't it, clearly? Yeah. And, and not that it hasn't been with, I mean, you know, over the years I've got to know uh, the Lansdowns um, and talked with them on a number of things over different things, whether it's scoring development or whether it's been anything to do with fans representation. But I just feel that perhaps prompted by the fan-led review that's going on at a governmental level, maybe there's a, just a different way of thinking now and um, with football clubs engaging with their fans. And we've already started to see some of those changes happening in, in other clubs where there's much more uh, structured dialogue, as I said. So that, that's, that's what it is. I mean, it's a piece of paper, but actually it's quite an important piece of paper. 
Yeah. So with regards to, to the memorandum of understanding, is that something that is happening in other championship clubs? Do you know? Yeah, well, it, it, I mean, it started off, I think Forrest were one of the early adopters of that. Um, Swindon, although not in the championship, have just signed one. And I suspect it will become more common. What, what's, well, I hope so. What's really interesting about this is it started out as a conversation through about women's football. And the memorandum was set up for that. But actually, Richard looked at it and said, well, let's make it across the board for the men's game as well. And that way we can make sure we're covering everything at the same time. Fantastic. And I know you've got Shahan on the board as well, haven't you? Who's the Bristol City Vixen cast with with two others. Um, so, yeah, it's it's obviously applies to the women's game as well. Um, so obviously we know we've got the event on October the 11th, which is a, a fans panel. Is that does that count as one of the two per year? Um, well, it will, because the point of this is it's not just for the football club officials to talk just to the sports club and trust. It's about engaging with fans generally. And that's what we want to do and get, get, get going. So, I mean, it's not a new thing for us. We've over the years um, personally organized Q and a sessions with Steve Lansdowne at away games. Uh, we did that quite successfully for, I think probably about eight or nine years. Um, and the whole point there was to try and get exiles, Bristol city fans that don't get to Ashton gate very often a chance to meet with the owner of their football club. Um, so I think now under the EFL guidance and rules, football clubs are now more obliged to hold those sorts of events. And whilst we don't have an AGM formally anymore, actually, I think it's always been in Steve's mind, particularly that he likes to engage with fans face to face. Um, and I'm sure that'd be the same with Richard as well. And from everything I've seen of Nigel Pearson, I suspect he'll love that forum too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we were very lucky to have Steve on the podcast back in April and he asked, answered every question that we threw at him, hoping to get John Lansdowne in a few weeks as well. So really great that we're getting the engagement with with the board. Um, Matt, for you, anything standing out? Any questions that you, uh, you've you got for Stu? So just interested how, you know, it, in terms of it coming about, but um, I've attended a couple of the, the fans forums and I do find those really, really interesting. And it's great that they've got that dialogue. But for, for me, what I want to know, Stuart, is have you noticed the difference with Richard Gould coming in and the, the way that they want to interact with the fans now? Yeah, it's chalk and cheese. It really is. Is it uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And when you say they, I mean, you know, let's not pull any punches here. It was very difficult with, with his predecessor. Um, right. Where, where the language was very clearly, we will communicate, but we won't consult. Right. Um, and that was a very clear distinction that was made clear very, very early on. So, um, you know, I once drove a long way from where I lived to Bristol for a coffee with that predecessor, um, only for him to promise to introduce me to John Lansdowne. Well, you know, I, I know John Lansdowne, I've got his number, what, what you know, Thanks for that. You know, he felt like he was doing me a favour, but actually he, there was nothing there that he wanted to, to work with. So, you know, um, yeah, so I think the, the way it's come about very quickly is the answer. So Richard engaged, he came to one of our meetings. We had a good conversation about a number of things. It's clear that some things are already moving. Um, you know, just typically uh, the, the way that we now run, the, or the football club now runs the Football Away Travel Service, the Cats Travel Service, that's a better provider. The prices have come down. They're more flexible about putting more coaches on. And we've been banging on about that for, for a long time. And suddenly overnight, that's a change that will make a real difference to those who want to go to away games. 
Yeah. That's that's a really interesting point, that's true, because I, I noticed that when we went to Reading and I and I looked and thought, oh crikey, we've we've changed providers. Mm-hmm. Um and didn't yeah, hadn't seen anything about that or how it came about. So that's good to know that they are listening like that and, and looking to do things for the supporters. Absolutely. And you know, it's not, you know, we don't take credit for that at all. It's just we've been probably a number of voice, one of voice a lot of voices that have been talking about this for a long time. Jerry, the SLO, as you'll know. Um, he's done yeah. good work internally around that as well. Um, yeah. Of course, he's a great conduit for hearing things, feedback that's going well and not going so well for, for fans as well. So, so he he's very engaged. He comes to our session, our meetings. We meet with the police, football officials, Bristol Sport have come in more recently. Um, so there is a level of engagement. I think the key thing is, is it about the right things and is it timely? So quite often in the past, we might get told things after the event, the decision's been made. Actually, what we really want to do is have fans in the room that can influence those decisions, um, you know, because we see things differently. You know, we do buy the tickets. We do turn up on a match day and go through the, our match day cycle and pay the prices we pay and, and you know, and consume what, you know, the, the football and whether wherever that is. So you guys mentioned QPR tomorrow. Um you know, everyone has a different away day experience. I'm not doing QPR, but I'm doing Millwall and Peterborough. Um, it's easier these days, but actually there are still some hurdles to jump through if you're an away supporter, not least of which price sometimes. Well, I think away supporters have certainly got a better end of the bargain than home supporters at the moment. But uh, as we discussed on the previous podcast, um, in terms of the so the agenda for these things, it says in the in the memorandum it's going to be more a strategic um, you know, base. But obviously, we've got Nigel Pearson at the, the at the one in October, so there will be questions, and the, who knows what fans come, but they will want to know questions about the, ask questions about the team, um, as well as maybe some some strategy as well. What uh, what what sort of questions? You know, don't go into the questions themselves, but but what do you think fans will get out of that event on in October? So, so from experience, whenever the manager is involved in these sessions, 90% of the questions are about tactics in the future and, you know, contracts and transfer windows and formation. So, so I think Nigel should be prepared for a busy night. Um, well, because, you know, I, I looked at the comments on the announcement of the memorandum and it was, why not sign a striker? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah well I mean look I think as supporters we we, we recognize that although on mass we can have influence on performance actually at an individual level we're never going to be involved in contractual arrangements and who we sign and don't sign yeah not you asking know, for that are we that's a given so um because we can't even agree in a room of 12 or 14 people let alone you know but you know on that sort of thing but we do think that um in terms of strategic, so things like uh, future development of the football club and where it's going and how it fits within the infrastructure of the company system we've got. Um, we've registered Ashton Gate as an asset of community value so that it means it has just a small foothold for supporters that if they were willing looking to sell that asset, we'd have at least a say in being able to look to bid for it. Unlikely as that might be, it's good to be in that conversation. So heritage is quite important for us. So things like, I think one of the obligations is if they're going to change the name of the stadium or um, the, the, um, the the logo which or the badge, which we've just been through anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just sort of protecting some of those big decisions that mean the most to fans. Yeah. Uh, 
So that's the sort of stuff that I think probably we'd want to be getting involved in. Absolutely. Well, Nigel, Nigel said himself in previous interviews that he is just a guardian of the football club and we are the, the, the fans. We've been here, you know, since birth, more or less, most of us. And it, it's such a passion for us, Matt, isn't it? And some of these little decisions and um, what might seem in, unimportant to some can be so important to us. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, things like the badge, the the stadium, it, it is, it's our, our mecca, isn't it? You know, and we are the, the lifeblood of the club. I, I always like the fact Nigel Pearson references the fans in most interviews that he does. Um, but it, it it's fans that, that know what it's all about. You know, we, we said patch, didn't we, to Steve Lansdowne, how disappointed we were with the, the celebrations for the 125 years and felt that had fans been involved, that would have been a completely different event. Um, you know, fa- fans know the club. So that's why it's really, really imperative that we are involved in lots of those key decisions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's very interesting. And look forward to seeing the fruits of this memorandum, Stu. Um, just uh, well, as we've got you um, on the pitch, your 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 assessment of of where we are this season. Yeah, if you'd have asked me after Cardiff, it <laughs> might have been a bit different. Um, you know, I've I've, I've seen. The, the, I suppose the disappointment in Blackpool, Preston and Luton and just how we've just not seen those games out, really. Um, I am glass half full on most things, to be honest. Actually, I don't, you know, um, I, I travel more in hope than expectation, always. Um, like I say, why would I want to go to Peterborough or Millwall in the next few weeks? Just because I can't help it. <laughs> um, so, you know, find, I, you find I, yourself drifting towards it. <laughs> <laughs> do, you know what, do you know what I've enjoyed most though? Even during the lockdown, I've enjoyed seeing the youngsters come through. Um, and I, you know, Backenstein's still a mystery to me. You know why? You know where he's gone, but but actually, I do enjoy seeing that, and I'm prepared to be patient just because of that. I can see a future. I can see a pipeline of good talent. You know, in Scott and Pring and Co. So I think I've got more patience than some, um, and I'll just keep turning up and watching the football and drinking my cider. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things where we said at the start of the season we we would expect to be mid-table as part of this, you know, this rebuild under Nigel Pearson. But it's that dangling carrot when you get a couple of wins under your belt. It's the expectation that kills you, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, we again, we we're I think we're we're quite positive with what we say. We call it how it is on the pitch and what we see. But you know, I'm I'm not negative. Even the other night. Um, you know, I was chatting to my brother who watched it on TV and phoned me and said, oh, my God, that was dreadful, wasn't it? And I was like, do you know what? I, I quite enjoyed it. You know, I thought they they played some decent football, to be fair to them. And we had patches. Yeah, the, the, the result was disappointing. But I'm with you, Stu. I think seeing the youngsters coming through, Backinson is a mystery for me. Um, I'd be looking to to get him involved um, and similarly with Semenya. But, you know, we've got some really good youngsters but we've got to be realistic in these times with COVID, you know, we've not been able to go out and spend like we, we would want to spend. So, you know, we have got to be realistic. I think potentially our start in the Cardiff game, maybe set people's expectations a little bit there. Oh, actually we might surprise a few people here. And fundamentally, I think we will finish mid table because of, you know, we've got a young squad. Um, we've not spent a lot of money and, and, and that's really where we're likely to end up and anything else is a bonus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. So, um, Stu, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking about this, uh, uh, the mem- memorandum of understanding. When we come back after the break, we will be giving our post-match reaction to the QPR game. So uh, we don't generally do predictions, but our away form is actually quite good. And, you know, regardless of who we're playing. So uh, I can't see I I think it'll, we'll, we'll get a victory. Stu, for you? You know, every time we do um, predictions with the mates, we I'm just renowned for saying 3-1. I mean, <laughs> one, one day it's going to be true, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, brilliant. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, Matt, I shall see you at Temple Meads tomorrow morning and we will be on our, on our way to QPR. So um, we'll be back after the yeah, break. I'm, uh, I'm predicting a headache for Sunday morning is about as good as I'm going to go. <laughs> a headache and a podcast. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, right. Take Stuart, care. Thanks. Thanks, you, mate. Thank you, Stu. Cheers, mate. Bye. Take care, guys. Three peeps in the podcast. Okay, so I ended the last podcast by saying that I felt bad for the people who couldn't or don't travel to away games. The entertainment, the freedom with which they play, and the wins at Reading, Cardiff, and now QPR have all been memorable. Our time at home will come, I'm sure, but for now, let's revel in another fantastic London away day. I was there with Matt Withers, who is with me now. Matt, how are you feeling this morning? A little bit delicate, Patrick. I'm not going to lie. Um, okay. It was um, it was an early start, wasn't it? I had um, apple juice to start very early on in the uh, the Knights Templar, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, it was a full on day. But yeah, London's calling in it. We, um, I think you'd said to me before, and that you you couldn't recall us, or you couldn't recall seeing us lose or even draw away from home. And um, I'll be honest to say, I absolutely expected nothing from yesterday, but you, along with uh, Andy and Paul, were very confident. So I was the, the lone voice. Absolutely. That, that's just how it proved, thankfully. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't really start travelling away until probably about nine, ten years ago, because I was sort of playing football or, or sometimes going to the games as well. Um, but yeah, I can't recall a London away day where I haven't, where we haven't come away with a point at least, or usually three. Um, but so yeah, fantastic uh, away day. And when we go through the minutes later, we won't go, you know, nine o'clock arrived London, Tem- <laughs> Bristol Temple Meads, <laughs> 11.08 Pannington. It'll be, yeah. um, it'll be straight into the game. But we've got the man actually with us as guest today who coined the phrase, the minutes on this podcast. And that is Adam Gould. Adam, how are you? Morning, gentlemen. I can tell you I am a lot better than the both of you. Um, <laughs> so this is a little three peeps exclusive. There is a, there's a two minute chat before we sort of come on air, so to speak. And the state of these two in the two minutes definitely screams 93rd minute winner in West London. So, yeah, definitely does. Yeah, very good. Good morning, gents. Good well, morning, Adam. Morning. As soon as I put my podcast voice on, you know, the, the, the air comes back into my lungs and I feel I feel like I'm a little bit better already. I thought that was your Barry White impression. I've got to be honest. <laughs> Was one of the he was one of the guys on heads up last he was, night, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll come on to that later. <laughs> um, right. So the lineup. So we were sat in the pub. The lineup comes through, and Matt's face was shock and awe. We had uh, Backinson in, Tanner in, and three five two formation. So uh, Matt, you were quite shocked at that, weren't you? I was. Although I did, I did call Backinson, didn't I? Um, mm. When we were talking previously, I said that you know I had an inkling. The, it's the, the inkling, but it's the, it's an inkling that you didn't actually think would absolutely. happen. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and the George Tanner one, I was surprised at. Um, I don't think Zach Viner's been particularly poor playing there, and I don't know if there was 
any of anything else to it. Obviously, Zach wasn't on the bench, um, but it was a big call to make. It, interestingly, I think Sky gave it is is a three five two, um, and I've just listened this morning to to Nigel Pearson's um, interview with Dave, and he talked about playing five at the back. So you know, may, maybe it was that fluid sort of five at the back, but starting off as a three. I have to say, from from our standpoint in the upper stand it, it um the Cone Prince Stadium I thought it was a five it looked like we'd set as a five um but yeah it was you know I've, I've been critical of Nigel Pearson in terms of his selections and he got his spot on yesterday you know he, he made the big calls I think Tyreek coming in and playing in that three to allow Masengo to play in the middle and and get forward as well and, and do mm. what he does was a big call so yeah it was um as you said, I, w- I was really, really pleased with the, the selection. Yeah. Um, and Adam, for you, obviously, so you you weren't at the game yesterday. You were watching on TV um, because you were at a wedding. So congratulations to to those who got married. Um, but Robin's TV, um, how did you think we lined up? Um, yeah, I had a, a wedding Friday. So just so the confusion, I went at the wedding. I'm not that that guest that has a spoon <laughs> on the table. It has been known over the years, but the wedding was on Friday. And, and like you two this morning, I always felt I'd be a little bit too delicate to travel yeah. up. Um, and I had to watch it on QPR TV, actually, because Robin's oh. TV was being a, its quirky self and, and nothing okay. happened. So I purchased a season-long pass, for an extortionate amount of money for QPR, and then I've had to cancel the direct debit. But anyway, on to the two. Um, <laughs> dedication, dedication. Yeah, I... Um, I definitely saw it as a five sitting there and with James Han and Backinson in the middle, um, in, in the, the notes that I've got down there, I put Backinson struggling. This is at the start and we'll come on to this. Um, and then on sort of 33 minutes it is, I've just checked as Matt was speaking, 33 minutes, Backinson's getting into the game. And then I seem to be writing Backinson every single other line and, and I sort of jinxed him by saying he was struggling. But I think that was just the new formation. Um, obviously the first time he started, so once they, they got into their groove and got a little bit more of control in the midfield, I thought those three of Han, James and, and Backinson in midfield worked really well. They really did it. It allowed Masengo to be his crazy wild self with all the energy. Matty James was just chatting. You could see him directing him around and Backinson grew into the game. Yeah. So it was a great shout. Uh, the, the lineup was brilliant. Um, big changes. And, and Tanner, this, well, I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to him later on, but... The, the five at the back, irrelevant to the personnel, with those three was was good, yeah. And I was, I was pleased with the lineup, and obviously it worked. It did work wonders. Absolutely. Great stuff. Well, we'll come on to Adam Gould's minutes now. And Adam was taking some minutes for us. Uh, uh, so I'll go through what I've got. Um, and Adam, you jump in if we if we skip anything. Um, so obviously the, the first sort of 15 minutes was everyone sort of finding their feet. The first note I've got was... Um, a Matty James corner that find, finds Tam, Thomas Callas um, and his header goes over. And, you know, we've spoken about this on the podcast in the last few games, Matt, about trying to keep your headers down. Uh, and it's just get becoming a bit of a frustration. But, you know, I'm sure a goal will come soon for Callas. Yeah, I think it will do. And I, and I think Matty James's delivery, um, I was, was critical of him on Wednesday night. I didn't think it was great. Um, I thought yesterday was better. Um I'd still like to see us vary it a little bit, just different angles, different, you know, the the in swinger, the out swinger. Um, but yeah, Callas, you know, he's got such a leap on him and he's such a powerful man. He, he is one of those defenders. You know, we saw what Flint did. He should be getting 
five, six, seven, eight goals a season um, because of his, his you know, his, his ability. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, we see it during the game. He, he jumps higher than anyone else I've ever seen, I think. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that will come. Um, and it was, a, it was a, I'm not going to say it was a cagey start, but both, I think like you said, both teams were feeling, feeling each other out. But, I thought it was decent. I thought it was a, a decent start. They're a good side QPR. You know, let's let's not make any bones about it. They've not only done well at the start of this season, at the end of last season, I think they were in promotion form um, mm. and and only just missed out on the playoffs. So, you know, we, we had to go there with, with a game plan, knowing that we were going to be up against it at times. Um, but that early 15 minutes, I thought was okay, yeah. Yeah. Anything else in that first 15 minutes, Adam? No, I, I think it was, they were finding us out a little bit down, uh, down their left-hand side. Um, and purely, I put that down to Tanner, and I'm not going to judge him too early. But it was his, his first start for us, and he's still a young lad. Um, and they'd done it their homework on him, and everything was going down that side, and, and they were getting a lot of joy down it. Um, but just to, to chip back in on on the Canas sort of point, we're only scoring goals from our strikers. Yeah. Midfield aren't chipping in. Um, the centre halves certainly aren't chipping in. I know we're not scoring a lot of goals anyway, but I completely agree with you. You know, you've got. Atkinson, Callas, Baker, they're big guys. Um, and the, the over-cleverness of the front close flick on where Matty James was hitting the first man, we're trying to get that different angle on it by getting a... Yeah. I think we went back to basics yesterday and we were just standing them up at the back stick and letting the big guys attack them. And yeah, that didn't work. That was, that was sort of four minutes in, but it showed intent for the rest of the game that yeah. we're just going to stand one up, Callas attack it, boom. Yes, it was over the top, but I was relieved because... I didn't want to listen to another podcast of you slagging them off, not beating the first man, to be honest. But, yeah, it was um, it was yeah. good intent, and it and it showed that Pearson had, had seen and he'd, he'd adapted and changed from from what we saw Saturday, Wednesday, because it happened two games in a row yeah, in yeah, my absolutely. eyes. So yeah, yeah, it's good. Well, right. So Wednesday, obviously, Baker still is still been given that goal by the looks of it, and I've seen it a number of times, and I still can't really tell. But um, yeah, just to chip in with that. Um, so 17th minute, QPR hit the post. It's uh, Lyndon Dykes with a header. It was never going. We were literally in line with that and it was never going in. Um, so I was I was confident. <laughs> um, but it was Tanner who allowed the sort of the cross to come in, Adam, with his hands behind his back. Yeah, it was the second time as well. They, they put a couple of dykes to him. Um, I've got ninth minute. They've got it. And then 11 minutes, the first little bit of forward movement from Tanner. But again, they they target him again. It was down that left hand side for them, um, and he didn't quite get out quick enough. It's a different pace in the championship that he's probably not used to, and he'll learn from that. They've obviously yeah. got a lot of faith in the lad. Um, but I was screaming at the TV, "Get there and get there and block him!" Because he didn't get out there quick enough. The ball's come in. There's a lovely header. To be fair, Bentley was beaten all hands hands down. Mm. It was it was it was going in all the way, um, and I thought that was one nil. But that was a first let off. But I've I've got in capital letters there it's now an open game. And it was, it was really flowing. It must've been brilliant to be there, especially with the atmosphere. Super, Sounded super. amazing. It was, it, was, yeah, it, was. it was like a basketball game at time in, in periods. <laughs> it was really end to end. Yeah. That pitch is that, you know, that the dimensions of that pitch make it feel, feel like a bit of a, a basketball game. And the fact that you're almost, so where we were sat in the upper, you're almost on the pitch. You feel like you're actually on the pitch because the, the byline is, you know, is right in front of you more or less, isn't it? Yeah. It's a proper throwback, isn't it? Um, it's not it's not a stadium that you enjoy for comfort and, and it makes you realise I mean I sit in the south stand you know plenty of leg room and you, you don't, definitely don't get that there 
Um, and obviously, you know, I, I would say for the majority of the game, everyone stands up, don't they? Yeah. Um, but well, I, the, con- I love... the concourse always always impresses me as well. It's like yeah. six foot six foot wide. Yeah, um, I love it though. It's, it's a stadium that I love going to, probably because our record there is so good. Um, but then we haven't got the best of records at Brentford, and I used to love going to Griffin Park. Um, mm. You know, obviously that's now gone. So yeah, it's a, it's a proper old school grinding. Um, I think you really get into it, and and when when it's bouncing like that yesterday, and it was from the start, you know, it didn't need the goals or, um, I think you know you've said it right at the start of this podcast, and and Adam knows only too well. But when you travel away, the atmosphere is so different. You know, people, you you pay your money, um, you know, you have to to make your arrangements and everything. And so I think people are really up for it, and we've been really privileged, haven't we, to be in those three games, Reading, Cardiff and that one yesterday, to experience that atmosphere. It was brilliant. It came across it came across really well. Um, oh, mate, it was brilliant. What was nice on nice on, on QPR TV, but they had Andy Sinton on there, the old Q, oh, right. ex-QPR player, yeah. and he commented a number of times on the away fans, on the City fans, and yeah. you could hear him, and I thought, that's good, because if they're even saying that, you know, it, yeah. it, and it did it's... come across really well. You've always got one yeah. ear on what's, what's going on in the stands and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, they're great trips to the likes of Brentford and, and Reading. Anyway, they're always yeah. the season highlights. Yeah. Got to do a missed it. But yeah, you, you did us proud, lads. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Um, talk us through the 36 minute, Adam. I, I, I know that there's a great save from Dan Bentley from Andre Gray. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Basically, exactly that. And that's all I've got on my notes. So um, I'm okay. racking my brain to think of, of what it was. Yeah, no, it's, it was just, it was a save down low, I remember. Um, oh, yeah, fantastic save. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, it was it was a really good save. It came off the back of, that was their biggest moment in the game. You know, from from when Linden Dykes hit the post and then they were really turning the screw. And it was it was kind of keeping one eye on half time. Then can we get through to half time? That's when I put Backinson's quiet. More down the left. Um, they're coming at us strong now. Um, and that save came on the back of probably a good 10 to 12 minutes of constant pressure. Yeah. And again, the QPR commentary was, we're all over them here. We're all over them. We've got to make this pay. We've got to score a goal. Um, and they didn't score a goal in in probably their biggest biggest moment of the game because we, mm. we more than deserve to be one down after that little passage of play. Well, they had another great chance on the 41st minute. It was a shot from distance from Stefan Johansson and um, and Dan Bentley pushed it over. Again, not real threat, Matt. It was um, it was a, a quite an easy save and Bentley just, you know, plays it safe. Yeah, he did. I mean, it, it, it was one absolute you'd expect him to save. Um, I thought Johansson was starting to really dictate things. Um, very sort of cultured left foot. Um, but you could see the way he shaped up that he was going to hit it. So I think Bentley was very prepared for it. And yeah, exactly that. It, it, it was safety first. Let's push it up over the bar. Um, and it's, you know, we'll go on and talk about Dan Bentley in the second half. But, you know, he knows he cost us three points or two points the other night. And that, that's the life of a goalkeeper, isn't it? It's, mm. you you make brilliant saves, but actually it doesn't even, I mean, he made some really good saves Wednesday night or Tuesday night. It doesn't really matter Um the saves you make when you can see the goal like he did that's what everyone remembers isn't it so um but I thought I thought it was a really really strong performance from him yesterday do you know for me Matt that's that's the sign of a keeper yeah. you know it the, the droid in it you've got to show some big kahunas at times yeah. in the game and we've had keepers where you know their heads have gone you can yeah. see it with away keepers sometimes when they come down the crowd get on their back Bentley he makes a fair few mistakes he's, he's yeah. one of the best we've had um you know he's out there with Billy Mercer for me I, I He's a, he's a proper keeper. But to do that in the last minute and to come out and show zero nerves, yeah. and it was save after save yesterday, 
Um, that's a good keeper. Yeah, that's, that, that is the sign of it. There were there were some fans, and we weren't one of them. Although we're massive fans of Max O'Leary, but there were fans calling for Max O'Leary to start yesterday. Um, and I don't think that would ever have entered Nigel Pearson's head because he knows how good a keeper Dan Bentley is and the strength of character. But there were a lot of fans saying some, that. Some managers would have made an example of that mistake, they I think. They would have. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. and, and brought Max O'Leary in. But you're quite right, Adam. What what character to come back from, yeah. from that? Lead by example, captain of the team. Um, and yeah, a, a man of the match he's, performance will, will come on delight- to his delight at the end of the game as well. I think he was yeah. one of the last off, but he, he came up and it was proper fist pumping and then the whole sort of Dan Bentley eight-minute body chant started and it was, yeah, I mean, that's what we love, isn't it? I like keepers. People say they don't like strikers and keepers being captains, you know, but I like the keeper being the captain, especially when they're a little bit more mature like Bent's. Um, how old is Bentley now? 27? I would say 27, 28. Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah, must he's, be. he's got a big voice. He's got a big presence. You know, he's, he's physically a big guy as well. And yeah. he's got the whole pitch there. So, yeah, he's like Pat's just said, he's, he's the captain, you know. So. It's an interesting one. It's, it's not for me. Um, I like to see the captain in the middle of the pitch, but... He gave a performance yesterday that led by example. And I think you, you hit the nail on the head with him, Adam, that he is very vocal. I mean, when you're at games, you hear his voice, you know. Yeah. So, and that's what you want. That's what you want. Yeah. 28. Exactly right. Um, okay. 45th minute, a driving run forward from Masengo. Great ball across the box after two silky stepovers. Mr. Cool is his new nickname, Andy Vyman, as he lays it off to Chris Martin who still have to, has to find a way past the keeper and defender and does really good finish. 1-0, half-time is literally seconds away. The best time to score, Adam. Best time to score. And what a little bit of commentary you just gave us. My notes, <laughs> back in some Masengo, Vyman, Martin, goal. We do not deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> but lovely little run from back, um, from Masengo. Um, yeah. Just before that, Backinson's played a lovely ball up the line. I think it was the outside of his foot. Just pinged out of the line. And Masengo's thrown in a couple of stepovers in there. A real, real positive running from Masengo again, wasn't it? We've seen it in the last few games. Um, and for Vyman to have the just the composure there to knock it off. And if you watch it, you watch it again in the sober light of day, it was a it was an easy finish, but he still had to lift it, he still yeah. had to put it across a keeper. He, he could have it could have been a bit rash in it, and the keepers come out and smothered it. So from the cracking, distance we were away, Matt, I I honestly thought this is going to be blocked. You know, you could yeah. see someone I, sliding in. and it, It's funny. Uh, for, for me, I, I thought it was a tap-in. I genuinely thought Vyman sat him, like, laid it on a plate. There's no mm. way. And like Adam said, it's only watching it back where you realise, A, a the composure of Vyman. As a striker, you want to try. And, you know, we've seen him do little back flicks and stuff like that. To, to have that composure, to, to know Martin was there. And for me, I thought Martin's finish... It, it wasn't the only place he could put it, but no. he had to put it that side and where he put it. And it was a, a, a finish of a real quality. From and a he had to lift, had... It, lift, lift it off the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And from a player who wasn't having his best of afternoons, in, in my view, I didn't think a few of his passes were a little bit short and didn't quite come off. Um, but the, the ball, exactly like Adam said, the ball from Backinson was brilliant. Um, and Masengo, you know, I, I, the listeners will already be bored of me going on about him but I just love the kid I think yeah. he is such a talent and um, it's all clicked yeah. for, it's all clicked for it, him hasn't it I mean it seems to be and, and it seems to be that Nigel Pearson is, has really got into his head and I think also a, a huge amount of credit has got to go to Khalifa Cisse, um, who Han Noah sort of has, has referenced himself 
you can see him turning into a really, really strong midfielder. Um, yeah. And if he carries on playing like this for the next few months, I, I would be amazed if we don't get bids in for him in January. I think we will. He's got one thing I love about his game this last probably three or four games. He's got a bit of product on it now. Yeah. You know, he's he was kind of, I mean this in the most respectful way, he was flat and deceived before. He's got his big hair running around and you think, but what does he actually do? You know, he, he's here, there and everywhere. But now that's changed. He has yeah. got product. He's got driving runs. He's got positivity. And then, Again, like Bayern, he's got the composure just to play a nice sideways pass. Yeah. Before he was a bit excited, he didn't have the maturity in his game, and it was a long ball. It was something a bit too fancy. Oh, trying too hard, but yeah. now he's got it. You know, he's he's really really impressed. And yeah, January is going to be a squeaky bum time, <laughs> it will with, be. Uh, Mr. Masengo, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> a couple of things to pick up on there. Um, Backinson, just before that, I think it was he he played. A lovely ball across the pitch to Andy Vyman. Do you remember that one? It was um it was he drove forward and it was a ball sort of lit over the top to Andy Vyman, who yes. was on the left. Yep. Um, and that was great sight. Whether you know, he must have just had a little look up before he got his head down to play the ball. But yeah, great, 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 great vision from, from and he was Backinson. back in the game, wasn't he? Backinson was there, you know, he was yeah, playing yeah. The, that's two passes we've just spoke about on on 40, 45 minutes. Yeah. And he was getting into it now, and the, the team would click. They'd learned, they got into the game themselves, and we just rode that storm we previously talked about. Yeah, yeah what a, what a time to score! They must have been buzzing at halftime. Yeah. yeah, and then Andy Vyman, can either of you think of a City player who is more relaxed in the box with the ball at his feet than Andy Vyman? We've seen it so many times now that he'll take probably one too many touches for anyone else, but he still plays, lays it off, or or scores a goal. This is where me and Matt go quiet because we're trying to outdo each other and come back with a player. <laughs> yeah. and, and don't say Super Bob because it's too easy because he was very cool with the ball. You could come see on. that in my mind, <laughs> couldn't you? But but it it would have been him, I think. But but more, I mean, Bob would have just finished it, wouldn't he? That that was what he was. But I think with Vyman, you're right. He 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 always seems to have a picture in his mind. It doesn't always come off. Yeah. Um, but yesterday, I thought was yeah was was a it, it was a good goal. It really was a good goal. Um, you know, the the, the whole movement was a good goal. Okay, cool. Um, halftime comes. Uh, no halftime summary from Rob. I think he was at cricket, uh, was, unbelievably. Yeah. So, uh, Rob, <laughs> you're sacked. Actually, yeah, no. <laughs> you can come back next game. It's fine. Um, so, a substitute at halftime. Uh, Jada Silva comes on for Baker, who has apparently turned his ankle and is already yeah. already uh, swollen and bruised. So, uh, that's, a, that's a few weeks out, Matt, I'd have thought. Potentially, I mean, if the bruise comes out quite early, that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. So um, they'll monitor it. I mean, again, the equipment that they've got at the HPC, you you just don't know, do you? Um, but you would expect it probably to be a bit too soon for him to play next Saturday against Fulham. So yeah, and and unlucky for Nathan Baker because you know it, he's 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 a defender, isn't he? He, he put his body on the line, um, and it's a shame from a fitness point of view that. He's done really, really well so far this season um, and is one that's definitely improved from the, the new regime. Um, so hopefully it won't be, you know, anything longer than than, than maybe a week. But um, yeah, who, who knows? And, and you know, the changes we made, De Silva coming in. Mm. Nigel Pearson talks a lot about Jay De Silva and how confident he is and sort of the, the, a clever player that he is. So, um, yeah, I don't think we've got any fears there, have we? Do you guys think there's been too much made about this diagonal? What Jada Silver gets caught out on the diagonal? I know we, you spoke about it. You speak about yeah. it a lot, but 
I don't know. I think he's a better player than that, than to, yeah, I, to target the diagonal. I just yeah. think it's what happens in a championship. And and that's exactly it, Adam. I, I don't I don't say it from a, a negative on Jay's because I actually think he wins a fair amount of those headers. Um but there's no no doubt whatsoever when he comes on, it gets targeted. Um mm. you know, it it was the other night. Um and maybe then isn't necessarily a bad thing because, like, like I said, he's be- he's better than the opposition give him credit for in those situations, isn't he? So mm. yeah, there's a formation change as well. Um, we go from sort of three five two to uh, four four two, really. There, I think with um, uh, with Jada Silva or maybe even Cam Pring. Cam Pring dropped um, back, didn't he? Drop drop yeah. back into the left back, didn't he? And and George Tanner playing more more of a right well, it- back role. Yeah, interestingly, again, Nigel Pearson, I mean, he, re- he referenced in his, his post-match with Dave um, Barton that we had to change formations a number of times. And, and you expect that in a game, don't you? Especially when you, you're under pressure like that. But it, but he did say about Cam dropping in as a third sort of centre-half. So I think that, that three, that five was was very fluid. I thought, like you, that we went to a, a more um, sort of traditional four. Um, and certainly towards the end, we did, yeah. How did it look yeah. on the TV, Adam? Um, yeah, Pring was definitely more more one of the three, um, and that was highlighted by by their goal where he's you know, I think it was him that did a great dive in header, and you can see how narrow he was. Um, it's when I first actually cottoned on to what had gone on really because I thought, what the hell is he doing there? He's well out of shape, but it wasn't. You you had that, but you've got fluidity. Whether even when we were playing on a four with what Pring and Jay can do, they overlap each other, they can cover each other, and they've both got. I think Jay could could play as the wing back as well, um, just as well as Pring. Pring's come on so well. Mm. And to see that part of his game where he can tuck in maybe as a three, it just shows what a player he is. You forget how, how quickly he's come onto the scene. Absolutely. Um, and he's fitted in really well, hasn't he? And he's had a great season so far. And for Pearson to trust him at a place like that, against Linden Dutch was playing superbly well up there. Um, and he coped with him when he did tuck inside. So, yeah, it was a bit of a formation change, but... Nothing really um, to worry us at the, at the first sort of three or four minutes of the second half with everything that had gone on. Okay, so 54th minute, the goal comes for QPR. It's a cross in from the left. Uh, the header is cleared, as you say, by Pring, but it, it falls straight to Sam McCallum, who finishes really well with power. Um, and, and Matt, the equaliser, goes in. And I was still confident of the, of the victory, but a lot of fans would have been thinking, we'll hold on for a draw here. Yeah, the, the the goal was a little bit kind of out of nothing. It was almost a bit of a shock, wasn't it, that we conceded? Um, but but I think in the manner of it, it was a really good. I think did you say it was Cam Pring? It looked like Pring sort of header, and he couldn't have picked out McCullum any better, really, which was such a shame because it was a really good, brave diving header, and it was a great finish. I mean, smashed it past Bentley. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of was stood there thinking, I didn't see that one coming. Although they'd had a you know a fair amount of the ball, I didn't see it. Um, and then I, I again maybe the the pessimist in me. I kind of thought, well, I'll take a point. That's that's decent, you know. They're in good form. Um, but yeah, that's absolutely. the city. That's the city fan in you. Not it, is, it probably that's not is, the pessimist. Yeah. That's the city fan in you. Yeah. It, probably, it probably is, mate. Yeah. But to be fair, I did say to Patch, um, you know, I don't know what words I use, but Patch said, no, no, we've still got this. Um, so yeah, he was still very confident. So yeah, yeah. So a cross comes in from Tanner uh, shortly after that. And and he puts it where the strikers probably should have been versus where they actually are. Did you notice that one, Adam? Yeah, it's it's the confidence of the strikers that those balls haven't been going into that box, so they haven't yeah. been getting into those areas. 
Um, and that was good. That was good to see him do that. He's got that in his game, hasn't he? You could see Tanner's quite keen to go forward. You know, he's one of those defenders that likes to go forward probably a bit more than he defends on his on the first first judge yesterday from the first time I've seen him. Because I hadn't yeah. seen him a lot before. Um, no, I haven't. Talked you can't get a lot of media footage from sort of Carlisle. There's not a yeah. lot out there on him. So, yeah, it was no, nice to see him get forward and put a ball in down the right-hand side. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. He's, de- he's definitely that sort of player. And it's it's good to have that because Zach Viner doesn't do that. He, he likes to cross from quite a way out. Um, I think Tanner will become... You know the sort of thing that we've seen from Jada Silva and Cam Pring getting, and and Pearson again said um, about getting crosses in the box, and it's it's a it's a good point to make. In, and and Adam sort of said about George very early on, um, the step up into the championship from League One is massive. You've only got to look at the teams that have come up and bossed the, the League One last season, and have struggled to adapt this year. As a player and playing for a team who historically have struggled over the last few years, that step up is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought he just grew in confidence um, and, you know, we both said, didn't we, that that ball that he put across, it was disappointing not to see the strikers mm. anticipate it because it was a cracker. Just just after that, or maybe even just before that, um, so in the in the pre-match interview with Nigel Pearson about the team news and Tanner starting, he says it, Tanner will get at people and he yeah. definitely did and will. But um, there was an occasion where he had an opportunity to go past the man and he got cut out and then they were on the break. Yeah. And I just looked over to, to Nigel Pearson and, you know, he could just see he was it was more encouragement than yeah. sort of head in the hand sort of thing. Yeah. So uh, that was a great moment and great to see. But that that will come from from Tanner actually get I reckon he'll be getting down, getting to the byline. Um, and getting those crosses in. Uh, change comes on the 62nd minute. Uh, quite strange for for him to take Chris Martin off, Adam. Um, but for me, it was the right decision. Bring in Naki Wells on. I've got to pull you up. You've had too much beer. You've missed a great one-on-one save. <laughs> oh, go on then. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go so. for it. Um, no, just the way we reacted after the goal, but then they've gone through one-on-one with Vince. Do you remember when he got down? Um, and they was just that the, the one-two on the edge of the area? That's right, yeah. 56. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it's about 56 minutes. So yeah. I've got it in my notes of a little bit later. I've got QPR breakaway and Vince start to come for it, then retreats. Was that the one? That no. Was, that was the 68th. There was another one yeah. before that. So was, it, was it a neat one-two? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that okay. was the 68 minute was the one, two. This is one yeah. slightly before that, so right. Bentz has okay. done a great save. So, and again, just after the goal, this podcast is sponsored by Dan Bentley. <laughs> yeah, it is, <laughs> should be today. But they turned it, yeah, but yeah, good plot. And then Martin for Wells, I was pleased that 61 minutes he's got a lot of game time, you know, he's given him a chance to get on. And when you go back, Gerard, I know he didn't play for him, but obviously, he did very, very well when he was on loan there. You get players returning. And you always get that. It's the magic of football. Yeah, yeah. Something always happens. So not bringing him on for 10 minutes at the end. You know, he's come on after 61 minutes. He's got a good a good 35 minutes in the modern game now to really mm-hmm. have a go at him. And, and Martin, like Matt said earlier on, despite the goal, we'd struggled a bit in the first half to get into it. Um, he hadn't contributed a lot, really. And the game was playing a little bit more down the channels, a little bit more energy up front. So it was a great, a good team management from from big knowledge yeah. again, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's just cover off those two those two attacks whenever they came. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, one was QPR breaking away. Bent starts to come for it, then retreats uh, and saves low from Dykes. And we all sort of breathe a sigh of relief there, Matt, when, you know, it, it, it was probably one he should have chipped Dan Bentley, yeah. to be fair. It, all day long, all day long, with the way that he came out. 
and Bentley knew him. So it's pro- it was probably the only thing he did wrong yesterday um, was coming for it like he did. And, and for me, that would have made my mind up is what you're going to do. I'm not saying I would have executed it. Um, but the save he then made was a really good save. You know, it was a, a yeah. curling effort and it was a great save, yeah. Yeah, and, and then the other great save from Bentz after a neat triangle and one, two, he gets down to his left to put it wide, Adam. Yeah, that's taken us up to 70 minutes now and they've really started getting into the game. Yeah. Like the first half where I said they had those 10, 12 minutes, this was their time now. Um, they've just scored again. We've made a couple of changes to, to change it. So our, our team and our formation had gone. We just lost Martin, so... Like I said he wasn't in the game, but we had that outlet gone where it can stick at the top a little bit. And this was a lot of got on it. Loads of pressure since their goal, need the weather to storm. And it yeah. was a storm at that stage, wasn't it? Yeah. Albert yeah. Albert Adoma comes on the 65th minute, always gets a great reception from City fans, Matt. Yeah, we love Uncle Albert, don't we? I mean, I know he, he's he's home in the at QPR, is it's his club, um, it's where he grew up. So um I think I said to you tonight, it's probably the only game I can ever remember playing where Albert was on the opposition's flank where he didn't come over and make a real thing of the, the applause. But I, I totally get that because, like I said, QPR is his club. But um, he's still still got life in him. And he, he gave uh, you know a couple of little runs and I think he had a header at the far post. Yeah, um, got, got above Jay De Silva. Yeah, that, that got saved. But... Um, yeah, he's he's always going to be one of a, a fan's favourite, Albert, isn't he? Because uh... he didn't he didn't come over to Matt. I remember a few years back at Middlesbrough, he came over, and I think uh, and Carl, like, Neil Warnock, Villa, Neil Warnock was there at the time, and he was yeah. absolutely livid at me. Albert was had he? his shirt off, he was throwing <laughs> yeah. it in, and yeah. Albert, in his own little way, didn't care that he was yeah. on he was on yeah. Planet Adoma, and he was just yeah. applauded. And I, and I was I, trying to get him off. Yeah. I might have missed it yesterday. Yeah. He didn't. It, it I didn't, was looking for it as well. Yeah, he it, it, it seemed to have sort of gone off fairly quickly. Do you know what it was? It was because it was because we scored. Uh, a so winner then, in the last yeah. minute all the City yeah. players were over it would have looked a bit weird if Adoma had come over yeah. at that point Yeah. Uh, so he just walked off down the tunnel he may have come back out a bit later yeah. on to see if there are any City fans still still hanging around but he didn't that we saw um, so a substitution in the 71st minute for City and this is this is the sort of time when you in, in, in times gone by you might expect a more defensive substitution but it's not it's Pring for Semenyo, Matt. Yeah, um, and and showed the intent. I, I I mentioned to you yesterday, didn't I? It it not worries me, but Cam Pring, I still feel needs to work on his fitness because I don't think he's finished many, if any, of the games that he started. Um, he always seems to sort of, you know, he, he runs himself ragged. But I don't think it was made because of that. I think it was made as an attacking substitution. Um, and I, th- I thought when Semenya came on, he looked a real threat. Um, he really was sort of taking the ball to them. Um, you know, again, we talked about how Noah's end product and, and Antoine needs to work on, on that more. But yeah, I, th- I thought it was a really brave move because as you said, it would definitely um, in the past have been a, a defensive substitution, less settled for what we've got. And it wasn't that, it was going for the win. Yeah, yeah he came on really positively, Semenya. Yeah. As soon as he came on, he got the ball almost immediately. Um, and went on a real positive driving run. Um, and I, I had a bit of a pop the other night. I was on Sound of the City on Monday night, and I said our subs aren't making impacts when they come on. We haven't got those impact subs to come on. They're coming in, and they're just sort of drifting into the game and back out of it again. So menus made me look a right plonker there because he's come <laughs> on and, and made a massive positive impact yeah. straight away. <laughs> but but that's what they've got to do, Adam, isn't it? I mean, N- Nigel Pearson sort of said about the players, they aren't starting. They've got to come in. They've got to take the shirt and and do it. And 
you know, again in the the interview with Radio Bristol, um, he was asked about Tyreek specifically, and he said, "Yeah, he did really well, but if you noticed, he was struggling at the end with cramp." And, and he said, "And it just shows how much effort you still have to put in, even when you're not starting." Mm. Um, and I think that's you know, again, case in point. And Naki Wells as well, you know, he, he came out and said how disappointed he is. Probably, I think he said it's probably the toughest period of his career with not playing, and yet. He said, but I also accept the fact that guys up front, I don't deserve to be starting. So yeah. that's what you want. You want to see a squad. And, and I definitely, definitely see signs of that with Nigel Pearson's team now. I see him building a real team squad ethic, which is is only going to be a good thing. There's a lot of questions being asked about, is Naki Wells happy? Is it? People are looking for little wins there. Absolutely. And there, yeah. there's nothing to find, really. No. You know, no. from for everyone knows a friend, a friend that works here and yeah. your connection with it. Yeah. there's no news there's no story there no. move on because yeah. like you said the squad is, is and and I, I probably I mean I, I think we said patch didn't we we after went Tuesday night we would have started him because we thought he came on and made an impact when he came on but I certainly think not just his goal yesterday I thought when he came on he was a constant threat mm. um he, he ran his socks off when he came on Full and was control running. controlling the ball bringing others in so I think he's very close to starting, Naki Wells. I really do. Yeah, um, and just going back to Wednesday, obviously um, Scott comes off on the 34th minute and yeah. is not on the bench yesterday. Are we reading anything into that, Matt? No, it's just, just a young lad who, in fairness to him, played out of position or not in his best position. Um, and I think it's horses for courses. You know, there will be, as there was yesterday, surprises in terms of team selection, because the game and the opposition dictate who you're going to play. So no, absolutely not. And 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 again, um, you know, Nigel sort of said he he thinks he will go on and play for England. I think yeah. it's just one of those. Um, it was the right decision on the day, um, and I think it was the right decision yesterday. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Because he got absolutely battered on the day. Yeah, I don't know. If you, did. did you see? I I didn't know if yeah. you spoke about it, but he got hit hard, yeah. and it was a it was a welcome to welcome the big boys football it really tackle. Was. <laughs> and that's Luton for you, isn't it? But it, yeah. it it really was that, and it was um, a constant sort of you know professional display against him. That is only again you know only going to stand him in good stead going forward. I'd like to see him used in the next sort of few games as a as a, a game changer on the bench. I'd like a ten. I'd like to see him come. Yeah, in some, some play, yeah. yeah, someone that can come in. The impact that he had in that Villa game. I know it was a preseason friendly, but yeah. that really opened everyone's eyes. And that was coming on as a half time substitute. Maybe you need a game where, and and hopefully we get some of these where you're you're two or three nil up. You know, maybe a bit like Leighton Orient yesterday at halftime. You can be three nil up and. <laughs> um, make a few changes and stuff, but yeah, I mean, you know, he's got he's got undoubted quality, um, and you you got to remember the kids seventeen, eighteen. You yeah, know, yeah. let's not. Well, in the next six, we got Fulham, Bournemouth, and West Brom in the next six games. So yeah, let's, easy. Uh, let's hope yeah. it's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> easy. Yeah. Um, so seventy fourth minute, I've got Han Noah Masengo wins a free kick just on the edge of the box. Uh, really good cut inside, drew the foul well. Um, uh, Jada Silva takes it left footed to the back post and the keeper tips over Adam couldn't quite get a shot away could he Jay it was there for him and could he have got it on his right a bit soon then he checked again and he couldn't quite couldn't quite get the shot away no so so time, so this is this is the free kick that he actually took that he won uh, that when oh, yes. Handham Sengo oh, yeah, took sorry, it where he flipped in. Yeah, yeah, yeah so I don't I, I think it was a cross because it had no pace on it but um, I but thought it was a it, shot actually 
Do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, I genuinely did. Because okay. it, Sorry, yeah, it was dipping. One under the because bar of where it was, it was yeah. Dipping. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a shot. Um, yeah. But maybe I'm giving him credit. Yeah, um, well, it was on target, end of the day. Cross. Yeah. Um, but they will come to come to that now, Adam. I don't know what minute it was in, but it was Jada Silva gets into the box and he just, <laughs> I put dillied and dallied in my notes. <laughs> um, I, You know, you've just got to toe poke those and try and get them on target. Anything could happen, deflections or anything like that. But, I think he tries to take it inside and gets tackled and QPR off and away. Yeah, 77 minutes it was on and they closed him down really quickly. Um, there, was, there was a couple on him and he, he yeah, dilly-dallied. He just couldn't get that shot away and yeah. ended up checking out and it came to nothing. Um, but that's the left back in him, I guess. You know, a, a more of a, a poacher would have maybe just got that little angle through the legs of a defender like you very often see and a little a little toe poke would have done in that, that instance. But yeah. yeah. That was tight, but we're back in the game now. You know, we're, yeah, we're, we're right back in the game. And, and your faith of coming up, this was probably the first time I thought, hang about, we, we might get something here. You know, yeah. we're, we're definitely in this game now. There was a couple of opportunities uh, for Tyreek and for Naki Wells, and they were sort of taking it in turns not to shoot. Uh, it was that sort of very patient build-up where everyone's just, set, just shouting shoot, but obviously, you know, we just want to see a goal. But they're, they're obviously paid professional footballers who who were who were trying to retain the ball and engineer a perfect opportunity but uh Matt your thoughts yeah I, I thought Tyreek just made a couple of wrong choices there was a pass on that he had out I think it might have been to Jay um he could have slipped him through um and he tried to sort of drag it in and, and get a shot away um and then the interplay with Naki but but it was good to see because we're talking about on the edge of the area and attacking you know and and for Tyreek who, you know, let's be fair, Patch, we're, we're big fans of as well, aren't we? So it, it was good to see him getting involved, but also from an attacking point of view, because he is a midfielder that has got goals in him, um, should score more, more goals than we've seen. But again, you need a run in the side, you need the, the faith of the manager, you need the fitness, which, you know, as I said, he needs to work on. Um, but yeah, it was just those little moments, like Adam said, just you, you just want that little sort of poke through or the little first time sort of passing. We just delayed it a little bit. Adam, we did see a shot from Tyreek Backinson, didn't we? Um, from a good 20 yards, but it was it was wide. I'm still going now, I think. Yeah, good to it's still going now. But, but this was, um, all of that came off the back of Semenyo. Again, another positive run and he got fouled and it was a, a cynical little horrible yellow card for them. Um, and this was the point where Andy Sinton said, and listen to the Bristol City fans now. So, you know, we, we scored a 93rd minute winner, which we're going to come on to, you know, a bit of a, bit of a cliffhanger there. I know we're going to score in a minute, but yeah. it was coming. The crowd, you must have been able to sense it in the ground. You're thinking, right, we've got this now. You know, those little one-twos from Backinson and Wells. It, we weren't hanging on at all in this game yesterday. We were taking it to them. The, the substitutions that he made and the way we ended the last five, ten minutes of, of normal time, um, it was good. And it, it's... As I'm going through this now, I'm realising that this wasn't a fluke. You know, it wasn't a real smash and grab job. We were in the game. No, I don't, honestly don't think it was. Um, I've, I've seen people's comments and a, a few uh, interviews and things. Um, oh, dear. Uh, we'll come to that in a sec, Matt. Um, oh, throw me off. Uh, sorry, throw you. Yeah. No, well, do it now, Matt. Okay, sorry, I just, just dropped a note through. It's just been announced that, that sadly Jimmy Greaves has passed away. Um, terrible. So, yeah, terrible. What a, a legend of the game. And we were talking about cool finishers earlier on. Um, yeah. I think most people of that era would say Jimmy Greaves was, was 
the best around. Um, very unlucky for 66 not to, to make the, the, the final team and stuff. So, and then obviously the career that he had in the media, you know, we, we grew up watching oh, St. Exactly. Greece, didn't we? So the original so, sort of soccer AM, if you like. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, and it just seemed a, a thoroughly football man when he, so yeah, mm. thoughts with his, with his family. That's sad. Very yeah. Sad. My dad, I, my dad always said that he was one of the, the best England yeah. strikers that he's ever witnessed. Adam thoughts. Yeah. Well, exactly the same. St. Greaves, he was one of the first things that I can remember ever doing. Um, I yeah. get my love, my football from my father. Yeah. And when he talks about the best players, um, Greavesy is, is up there all the way. And he always tells yeah. me the stories about 66, how he was unlucky. And mm. he said, we'd want it even easier if he was, he was sort <laughs> yeah. of see, there on form and, and fit. So yeah. that's the biggest compliment I can play because our dad's seen a lot more football than I have. And I've seen quite a bit. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. what a player and and good banner as well, wasn't it? One, St. Greavesy, just amazing. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. I'm not. Really I'm not sure it would. Uh, it would work to, in today's oh, climate. PC, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah no, so yeah. Okay. Man, sadly, the family. Like, yeah, sadly. Cool. Yeah. Rest in peace, Jimmy Greaves. Um. Well, the moment comes in the 94th minute. It's a tackle on Wells, but the the, the tackle finds Vyman out wide, and uh, Vyman's literally got hardly anything left in the tank, and he managed to do a lovely ball with the outside of his right boot. Finds Wells, who's bombing forward. Um, the QPR defender has a Stevie G-style slip. Um, and Wells' first touch is fantastic. It's a perfect first touch. Puts it into space, and his finish is even better. Adam, I'll let you take your thoughts on that one. Hyman had nothing in the tank. You nailed it, because that's get it in the corner. Travel with the ball. Don't be stupid. Don't put it on there. It's the 94th minute now. Or we're never going to do this, you know, so... He hasn't. It's almost all he had to do with him. It was just a swing of the foot and it worked out to be a fantastic ball. Um, the slip, it was kind of behind him. So he's tried to, to check the ball behind him. And that just gave Naki that a few more yards. And his first touch is a little heavy. It takes him away to, more towards the corner a little bit more. Um, and again, what a finish. You know, I've, I was going, the pub was gone. The drink was gone. It was, it was all going everywhere. I had my son swinging him around the, around the, around the living room. Um, but again, you watch it again. It's, it's a, it's an angle it's a real angle and as a pure finisher that had only been on the pitch for 35 minutes he had the composure and the energy and the fitness to stop and make that decision he didn't blast it you know you, they go high wide and mighty mm. a lot of the time but that's a goal scorer you know you don't want that falling to anyone else on the pitch in that situation going back to his old ground wonderful and just to be i know i said it a couple of times on the pod but to be in the ground at that moment as a City fan, you know, we haven't had away games for X amount of times because of the C word. Mm. Um, but to be in there, that is why you do it, isn't it? That is it. And fantastic. 100%. It was absolute carnage. Um, I, uh, I I picked picked my mate up next to me and uh, lofted him high into the air. I think Matt and Paul, you were having a, you were having a, you were having a bit of an embrace, it, it was, uh, and it was just, uh, yeah, one of those moments. It, and you, as you feel like you're part of it as well because yeah, yeah, of yeah. the ground, because, because of the, the fact that you're almost yeah. on the pitch. Yeah. Um, fantastic! It, what it a finish! Crazy, wasn't it? Crazy, and you, you had people stood up on the barriers. Yeah. And I'm actually looking at them thinking, this is maybe the, the 51-year-old in me. Thinking, Hang on, get down, lad, you're going to fall. You know what I mean? But it was, yeah, I mean, absolute total carnage, wasn't it? But um, yes, his legs had gone, but what a ball by Vyman. Mm. To to spot Wells' run, and, and absolutely, as Adam 
called, well, you both called it, the defending, the defender slipping allowed Naki Wilson to think, oh, hang on, I've got a lot more space here. So it, it needed a touch to take it in front, but the finish was just top, top draw. And and you're right, I don't think there's another player in the squad that finishes like that, with that that sort of first-time effort. Um, and respectfully, and, and I know there's, there's views on it, but... I, I quite like to see a striker, you know, or any player who's played for a club for a number of years and was was very well thought of at that club, not celebrating in that way. And he, he didn't, I mean, he didn't not celebrate. He came he over, like he was with the fans, told the fans he to calm right, down. Yeah. I think he touched his sort of badge or whatever. He did it in the right way, but he was respectful to the QPR fans who obviously loved him. Um, but yeah, it was just brilliant. And, and you kind of thought, right, well, that's it then. Um, but then again, the, the like the minutes go on, don't they? <laughs> so I'm thinking, and I think he even had another chance after that that he did hit high and wide. But in fairness, it was a one that you just put your laces through and see what happens. But yeah, they had a, they had an attack, and it, it I think Masengo <clears throat> cut or James cut cut it out, didn't they? Was, and then there was the one the George Tanner block, and I don't know from memory whether that was before Wells's goal or after it. But there was one challenge that George Tanner made a brilliant block on. Um, so credit to him for that, but yeah, I can't remember what minute that was and whether it was well, before. On, or after. on stoppage time, before me pad and me pen went across the room, um, you know, just to backtrack, we got a, there was a bit of a scramble in the box, and yeah. Bence has come out with a save on ninety one, on ninety two, another great save from him, and then after the goal on ninety fifth minute, fifty five seconds, I've got written down now. Yeah. I managed to find me pad. I'm, I'm, I'm putting a bit on for like cinematic quality. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> The keeper's up, and you think, what? I'm like, what's oh, going yeah. on? And he's got yeah. that call. Remember, yeah. it's all it's all gone off, yeah. and I yeah. thought, this is City. But the the QPR camera had switched on the Pearson, and Pearson's giving it the big hands down, calm was down, it? pointing yeah. to his temples. Yeah. Think, boys, this is where yeah. you got to switch on. Um, and we rode the storm. Thankfully, there was a, yeah. a little bit on the on the back post where Bents has come out to try and cover it, and I thought yeah. this swivels and goes in, but mm. but they didn't, and. Just to go back on the, the goal a little bit of Naki, we've spoken about Backinson and Pring and, and Scott, but in the 90th minute, true professionals who have played the game, like Vineman, like Naki Wells, they've got that composure about them. Yeah. They've got old heads, you know. They're not, they're not old men, you know. They're, they're, yeah, yeah. they're still in yeah. their 20s, but they've got enough games under, in their legs and in their heads to be able to keep their composure. And that's what good players do. And that's what Definitely. the likes of Scott and Backinson will learn. You know, nothing rash, nothing silly. Um, yeah. Super impressive. And the last five minutes, it's just brilliant. Yeah. Proper football. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Full-time whistle goes. The players all come across, as you say, Matt. Bentley at the end, pumping fists. Um, and Han no, Do you notice Han Noah as well, when they were doing the Han Noah chant, it's like yeah. the one, two, three. He was actually giving it that in the... Yeah. So, first, yeah. first time I've seen that from him. And also the yeah. first time I've seen uh, Pearson pump in as well he was yeah. giving it some yeah and and again interestingly on the bench from the get-go yesterday yes um which i, I suppose that's where I'm, I'm a little bit with him on that it's kind of i don't know you're in the stands one game and then you're not in also curtis fleming's influence seems to be very key on the sidelines he does a lot of talking doesn't he um but no you know it, it was good to see and, and obviously nigel in his way that he does celebrating with the fans at the end, you could see what it meant. He's to getting him. more, he's getting closer and closer is, to to where we are. You know, yeah. he was a good sort of 10 yards away from yeah. where he was last, yeah. <laughs> last time. But he, he always references the importance. He, re- he said it yesterday, the Absolutely. importance of the, the way the crowd were, that you know, they, they got him through it. And then at the end, you know, he was delighted for the fans. So, 
yeah, you just want us to to see us replicate. And, and yeah, no one's kidding ourselves here. It could easily have been three, four, two yesterday because Bent's had to play brilliantly. But you do expect that when you're away from home against a good side like QPR, is what we need to do to sides at home. And, and we've all talked about it on this pod. When you're on top, you've got to take your chances. And we've been on top in a lot of games at home this season, but not taking the chances to put the game to bed. And I think that's the difference with it, isn't it? He's not yeah. a, just just to touch on Pearson very quickly. He's not a media yes man. He doesn't no. say he don't give you sound bites because he he has to say it. Oh, yeah. the fans did well. They've travelled on their numbers. Cliche, cliche, cliche. He doesn't do that. So when yeah. he actually he does things like applaud you and he gives a little fist pump at the end, or he'll reference the fans and how important they were today. You know that you believe him because it means more, doesn't it? You know it's yeah. true. It does mean more. Yeah, yeah. we've had yeah. you hear it every week on the, the, the when the players put their tweets out. Fans were amazing today and all this yeah. sort of rubbish. It's brilliant when Pearson says something because it actually comes from from the heart and it, it's it's good, you know. It's a really good point you make though, Adam, about the the sound bites and what he's like, and and Gregor knows that better than anybody. But <laughs> there's, there's been a bit, and 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 you know, I I put a comment in the, the my post column that you know sometimes I think he goes a bit, a bit beyond and it's a little bit rude at times. And but actually, that's him. He's not he's not there to give those sound bites, or he will say it how he how it is. And if you ask him a stupid question, it will get batted back straight mm. back over your head for a six. So yeah, let's not muck about with it, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, so we're in ninth place. Uh, eight games gone, three wins, three draws, two losses, a goal difference of one. Happy with that? Got to be empty. I I judge. I, I've said it before. Um, goal difference is big for me. It's a big indicator. I know it's early doors in the season. A goal difference of one. We're not scoring enough goals. That tells me we're not scoring enough goals. We know that. We'll all admit that. But we're keeping it tight. We were losing games, dare I go back to the last 13, 14 games of last season when it was as low as we've seen for many a year. Mm. We were shipping goals left, right and centre. We were losing games. We've stopped losing and that's great. Now we have to learn how to win and we've started to look a little bit more dangerous. Can we get some goals chipping in from other areas to take that goal difference? But happy with that in a nutshell? Yes. Expectation versus reality. The reality of this season from how we finished is are we going to survive relegation and be pushing to the top half of that bottom bottom of the league? Can we hit 10th, 11th? Crikey, mm. we're, we're looking, dare I say it, it's going to be a big October, sort of September, October, but yeah. we could be looking top half as I sit here now, so I'm, I'm over the moon with it, mate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, some, difficult, some difficult games coming up. And Matt, those those two, three draws and two defeats, you know, we were, we were, we were winning uh, a well, couple of the draws and also the defeats, we only yeah. lost by one. We we said it yesterday, didn't we? And you, you used the phrase if me me auntie had certain appendage, you'd be the, <laughs> the uncle. But it, it is true that the Blackpool game is a game we should have won. The Luton game is a game we should have won. I think if we'd won both of those games, we'd be sitting second, which is ridiculous because we've not played well enough to be second, and that's why we didn't win those two games. So it's easy said, isn't it? But you know, all of us would, and, and I think true City fans who follow it and understand the game and we thought mid-table not struggling and, and getting embroiled in any relegation would be a really good season this season to, yeah. to build on that and and I think that's probably what will happen um, who knows with a, a, a good win behind you you know you just don't know where that can take you but the flip side is some of those games like you said one goal different could easily have gone the other way well the, the, the defeat at home the, to, the defeat at home to Swansea is the best I've seen us at home yep in yeah. 
ages. And, and we lost that and we didn't deserve to, did we? And so yesterday, no. yeah. The only one really was Middlesbrough away Middlesbrough where we were away. poor. Um, yeah. So that's the only game really where we have been poor. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. What's nice, what's nice so far though is that there doesn't look to be a runaway leader in the league. It looks no. to be, nobody's really taking on. It's still early days. It's 19th yeah. of September today as we sit. Yeah. So still early days, but there doesn't look to be a strong, strong team. You know, so it's good. Yeah, mm. it's good. Only Bournemouth and West Brom unbeaten so far. Uh, remaining so okay cool um matt do you want to come on to the ratings now yes yeah okay um you have to keep me honest with the players because i've got the team sheet in front of me um oh dan bentley and i was i was led in the bath this morning which is not a pleasant thought for viewers um <laughs> list, listeners um thank, thank more, god even, it isn't viewers. Even, even more so for viewers yeah <laughs> um i thought it, it's definitely an eight because we've won the game um it wasn't a clean sheet i know um but there's a bit of me that thinks he made two absolute worldies for me. That the one two where they got through was just a brilliant, brilliant save um, and kept us, you know, uh, uh, in the game at that point. So I'm I'm really torn between an eight and a nine, and and we talk about a nine, you know, being a, a, a top. I'm not sure what else he could have done yesterday. And the shot that beat him, I character really coming think, back from the yeah, howler. exactly that. So I, I genuinely have to go nine, I think, and man of the match for me. Lots of talk on the radio that I've listened to about Masengo being man of the match, and for me, Dan Bentley's performance yesterday was clearly a man of the match performance for us yesterday. Um, so I'm going, I'm going nine for him. From a QPR point of view, which is where I watched it, they were raving about Bentley and how yeah. he's kept them in the game, um, and I did my markings full of adrenaline about 10 minutes after the game. I yeah. gave him, I gave him a nine there and, you, and, yeah. and Han an eight, even yeah. though he's, he's just been voted man of the match. I've just seen Han. Oh, but, is he? Right, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'm going, I'll, yeah. I'm going to disagree I'd, with the Twitter public and I'm going to go Bentley nine. Yeah. 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 I, don't, I don't know how you can give him man of the match for that. Cause they weren't, I, I think um, again um, on the radio, they said that I think QPR had 11 shots and pretty much all of those Dan Bentley had to make really good saves from you throw in those couple of worldies anyway so I'm, I'm, we've said a nine so you're happy with that patch yeah <laughs> yep nine good george tanner um i'm gonna go six and and he, i toyed with that should that be a seven i think he did get found out a little bit early on they did they did attack him you know tack us down that side i thought he grew into the game um the step up is massive as i said and i thought he showed some real promise um, and I think he could be a really, really good player for us over the next few years. Um, I hope he gets a run in the team and I hope his confidence grows from that. So I've gone seven. I don't don't think it was, sorry, six. I've gone six. I don't think it was a seven because I don't think, again, there was enough end product going forward and he did get caught a little bit, made a great block tackle. But yeah. Word for word. Yep. Yeah, good. Okay. Um, Centre-halves, Callison, Atkinson, I mean, for for me, they've they've had to face a real challenge yesterday. QPR have got some really big boys in there. They've got players like Andre Gray, who know what it's all about, and then Charlie Austin later on, Premiership players or Premier League players, sorry, um, who know what it's about. Um, we had to to put our bodies on the line again, and it, and it's what I would expect. So I've started off with a six for both of them, and then I kind of thought, but it was a a good away win. It was a really defensive performance, but also taking that back. Bentley had to make those saves and that means we are they are getting through us and they were opening us up. So I've gone two sixes for them because yeah, I, th I thought they was they were solid, but um we still allowed probably a little bit too much. 
Yeah. Just for people who haven't uh, listened before, six is an expected performance. Yeah. Um, who have we got then? Nathan Baker. Baker. Yeah, Nathan Baker. Obviously difficult because it's only a first half. Didn't really do anything wrong in the first half. Defended well, so I'll, I'll go six for Nathan as well. Um, Cam Pring. Um, really, really like Cam Pring. I love his energy. Um, and, and that's... I'm obviously um, love his energy, and then I say how he runs out of energy at the end. But, um, <laughs> but I, do I, love I was thinking w- about what you were saying earlier, and yeah. and yes, he runs out of it. Well, he he, he gets substituted, yeah, so the yeah. manager obviously thinks he's he's burnt burnt out. But uh, you almost want him to go 120 percent full Definitely. head of steam, yeah, for 70 minutes, 60 minutes, and then come off because that's what you got subs for. It, absolutely, yeah. and I also think Patch that he's one of those players who looks like he's tired from the outset, and not not in his performance, but just visually, facially, he goes a bit red in. And I think even to after ten minutes, I said to you, Christ, look at <laughs> Cam, he looks like he's blowing already, but not in. I don't mean that in a negative way. Um, I I I really like what he's done since he's come into the team, um, and I think with a fit Calamo Dowda as well coming back. You've then got a couple of players that are competing in the right kind of areas, um, but I'm not. I'm not going to overboard. I'm going to give six for Cam because I didn't think again. We didn't see as much end product for him, but I thought when he switched back defensively, he was good. Um, and maybe that's harsh. Maybe it's a seven, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go six. I thought it was what I would expect. Yeah, come on. Just just before we move on, mm. they used to talk about game management. If you play a bit, oh, you got to manage yeah. a game. You have got 90 minutes to get through. Hold something in the tank. I think the game's changed and I'm going to go yeah. bang on with what Patch said is it's not a selfish game anymore. We've got to make sure yeah. I'm still there in the 90th minute. You're not. You, If yeah. you can you run your socks off, give what you can and we've got a big enough squad now to do it so you don't need to save anything. So yeah, yeah. I'm right really on with you there, Patch. Really good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, midfield, Matty James, I thought um, was better than he was against Luton. Um, I thought he got on the ball more yesterday. I still didn't think the quality that we'd seen some of the early games was was there from him. Um, I'm not going to go a five. I'm going to go six again um, for him. But I know that we've got we've got a seven and eight most weeks in there for that player. I just think he's um, yeah. He, he just is, is sort of plat not plateaued, but you know he's not not been the level that we've seen early on. But um, he still keeps going. You said Adam is talking. Um, during the game as well with two youngsters alongside him was so important yesterday do you think he was quiet yesterday almost went unnoticed you know a, a referee yeah. has a good game if he's unnoticed absolutely you think that's what did, might his James did, a bit? did his yeah. job yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i no, think i think that's in part due to the role that han noah masenko was given because yep. yes previously we've had james and king and king's been that player hasn't good he point. the one who's yeah. doing the work in the background yeah yeah no good show um tyreek to come to come back in from the cold a little bit, really. I mean, he's not not been on the bench in some games, and um, it was a shock for for me that he actually got a start. Even though I did say I would be looking to play him, um, he did get you know not not found out, but was caught a little bit early on. Um, but as you said, Adam, you know, later in the game, and, and as that half wore on, it was talking about him. He got forward, he created a few things. So again, I'm not going to go over the top. I'm going to go six for him um, because he was involved. It could easily be a seven coming back in, so I wouldn't argue against a seven um, because there were the creative elements to it that didn't just quite come off. You know, we, we talked about one or two of the balls, so so maybe it's better than a six. But um, again, I think in terms of what I expect him, I'll, I'll go six. 
I think you're being harsh. So I go seven, but yeah, I, I, yeah. I would disagree with you. I would disagree. No, no, yeah, no, and, and that's what I'm saying. I, you know, I, I think maybe it is a bit harsh. So I think I, I think I was going to say seven, in, and and again, uh, an extra point for coming back from nowhere and putting in a good performance after an, yeah. an initial sort of shakedown phase. So you go an eight or seven? Oh right, yeah, I didn't know where your extra point was. Han Noah, like I said, I mean, Adams just said that he's, he's he was um, named man of the match. Um, he was brilliant. He he was brilliant. It it wasn't a nine performance for me. Um, I think you know, yes, it was a, a cross that led to the goal. Obviously, it's not an assist because it was Vyman's assist. He, we call it a key contribution. It was a key contribution, Patrick. Yes, um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm a massive fan of his and and his energy. The guy leaves nothing out on the pitch, does he? It, you know, he is one of those that when he gets back on. Um, the coach, you think he must just be led on mm. that coach, thinking, "Oh my god!" Well, Especially Karen, when it but, starts getting much a bit like wet me on the train well. on the way back. But yeah, what's going to happen when the weather turns and it's a bit and wet? It's and hair, that yeah. head of hair is going to start weighing down on him. But it's 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 a good point you made, Adam. In terms of you, about his hair. You, well, yeah, but you do you do see him, and he's visually he catches the eye. But now we are really, and you know, I've made a lot of a, a number of times I've said about. Um, Ian Gay on, on the Forever Bristol podcast is, is often referenced there. But what is he? He doesn't assist. He doesn't create. He doesn't score. Defensively, he's okay. It, for me, he's an all-round midfielder and the goals will come. We've started to see that. When they do, I you know, I, as I said earlier, I fear we're going to get bids in for him because I think he is just quality. quality. Is that his but, third, third sort of Bristol City Twitter are voted man of the match of the season. I think then. it is. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. Third on the yeah. trot, probably, isn't it? Yeah, I think it might be, mate. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, and then what have we got? The, the two up front, yeah? So, Vyman and Martin. Have I missed anyone else out? No, you're good. I don't think so, have I? Um, I, thought, I thought for both of them, actually, they were quiet games. Um, but, but you have to look at your strikers and go, Chris Martin, you're a striker. What did you do? Did you score? Yeah. Tick. So he, he he did, he scored, you know. So I'm going to go six, but it wasn't as an influential a performance from Chris Martin. And then similar, <clears throat> excuse me, similarly with Andy Vyman. Didn't really get much of an opportunity in front of goal. I don't, I don't even know if he had a shot, if I'm honest. I can't recall one. Um, but obviously that composure that he showed for setting the goal up and then for setting Naki Wells up, there's two assists. So, so arguably... Is that a seven because he's made two massive key contributions? I think it's got to be because of that. Although yeah. I still think generally his game, he was probably more quiet than we've seen him. But you have to say he's made two massive contributions there, two assists. So yeah, seven for me. Yeah, happy with that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Jay De Silva coming on. I thought Jay, Jay showed good intent when he came on. Um, he got forward. A couple of good opportunities, like we said. Um, if I was in a, a, a really forgiving or you know generous mood i'd go seven but i think i'm going to go six because it didn't quite come off and um you know it's a, again he's a quality you know this is a guy who's played for chelsea um all through his youth career so you expect him to be good on the ball so yeah i've gone six for him um and i won't i, I mean you can't do we score antoine in we don't normally do the subs when they're that nice no, but no. you know we'll, we'll make special mention to naki wells because that was just such a top finish so yeah um and then nige I mean, you know, I gave him a four, I think, the other night, um, or we did in the end, because it, it, it he got it wrong in terms of the the subs and everything. Yesterday he got it right, didn't he? His selection at the start, Brave the way selection. we set, yeah, the way we set up the change of formation, which a lot of fans didn't expect. 
Um, the substitutions were made at absolutely the right time, albeit obviously Baker's was was an enforced one. Brave um, subs, like Pat said, during, really the, during the minutes as well. Yeah, like, like Pat said, we could have gone defensive, but yeah, yeah, really brave. So two one away, a good size, got to be an eight, got to be an eight. Um, and you know, it was it, again special, special atmosphere, wasn't it? Um, and a, a, a good nine for the crowd as well because the, the fans were. I'm gonna start rating the crowd now, uh, only in that one off yesterday. The fans <laughs> were brilliant yesterday. And if, if anyone gets the opportunity to look at it on Twitter, seeing Joe Joyce, um, yeah, yeah, who's a friend of the show, but banging the hoardings in and chanting, you know, that's that's a, a the king of South Mead loving his, yeah, uh, Joe his Joyce, and, and just along from him, you had Gareth Chilcott as well. Oh, I didn't see, I didn't see Gooch, so yeah. But, yeah, uh, it, it was Again, th- th- those probably, Brem- a Brentford victory at Griffin Park as was, um, yesterday QPR at the Conan Prince, and then you've got Fulham. Those well, three... Yeah, all the Fulham games. Are, yeah, but those three are the stadiums that we love, don't we, as Bristol City yeah. fans? Yeah. yeah we, we do well there, don't we? But yeah. Fantastic. So yeah, br- brilliant, a brilliant day out, and, and a cracking day as well with, um, with some good mates as well on the training... As long as you didn't know I missed the train, but I will leave yeah, that one exactly. off. I think, I think yeah, we discussed yeah. that one off. Yeah, we? <laughs> we, did, yeah, yeah. we did get yeah. back though, but yeah, we, we, we got home eventually, and that's all we, that we matters. Played, we played heads up on the train on the way back in, uh, <laughs> in a full carriage. And we were, yeah. uh, not, I don't, I don't think we were excessively late, patch were we? But oh, um, I did mate. get quite excited playing heads up. I must admit. Well, and you did get the record last night of thirteen, wasn't it? So, yeah. Thank you very much. Yes, well yeah, noted. Yeah. Well but noted. Was, I'd like to congratulate you both for getting through a tough podcast the day <laughs> after what was definitely a big day out in London. It, it absolutely was. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Um, just what a little note on the bench, Joe Williams. It was good to see him yeah. on the bench. Uh, who knows? You know. He could have quite equally gone with Joe Williams instead of Backinson. Yeah, um, yeah. But he went for Backinson. Um, but we, I'm sure this means that we will see Joe Williams at some point. Yeah, but we we paid a lot of money for him, don't we? And we know he's got the qualities. So, yeah, we, yeah. we 100% will. Uh, right, back to the Fulham game next week. Um, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, Adam, have you given it any thought as to how you would set up or how you expect Nigel um, Pearson to set up? I don't want him to become a tinker man. Whilst it's worked very well making big changes, when you bring in kids, um, Tanner needs a run, like you've said. Yep. I'd like to see him playing again, um, just to see what we can get out of him. And it works so well with those three in the middle. Um, Han has to start. Matty James has to start. And I wouldn't bring in Joe Williams instead of him. I wouldn't bring in King. And I, I, I play Backinson again. The rest are kind of picking themselves at the moment with the two up top. Um, do you go? Do you go Wells and Vyman? Potentially? No, for the reason that it's Fulham and we're going to be under the cosh a little bit, much like we were yesterday, you know, good good team QPR. And I think it just needs to stick a little bit more. I think with, with the two boys up top, maybe it might come back a little bit too much. And Martin does give us so, so much um, in terms of his hold-up play, bringing others in, and he can beat the defenders up a little bit. I think he makes it a bit easier for Naki when he comes on. He probably deserves a shout, um, but the energy of Weinman and the physicality of Martin in the championship, I think, is much needed still at the moment. So, unfortunately for Naki, I'll keep him on the bench. Yeah, the post-match, uh, Pearson said about um, Andy King or maybe even pre-match, um, he said he will be available for the next game. So, you've got King... Uh, Joe Williams and Backinson all sort of arguably competing for that for that slot. 
because Musengo is going to start. James is going to start. Uh, Matt, for you, what what happens there? Yeah, no, I would, I'd keep it as it is. I would keep it as it is. I think you, you need to keep that continuity. Um, it, it worked yesterday and, and we're going to be playing a side that we're going to get a lot of ball, like Fulham, um, as QPR did yesterday. So I'd, I'd go up in exactly the same setup. I really would. Uh, assuming that all players that are there now, obviously Bakes isn't likely to start. So I would go with, um, you know, what we did at halftime. Callum's close as well, isn't he? Callum is Callum's close yeah. to coming back. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, Can, I don't think Jay. Uh, I don't think Nathan Baker's going to be playing. So yeah, Jay De Silva yeah. comes in. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, okay. Just just want to say uh, congrats to Lee Jones who won the retweet competition for the Luton Preston games, and he's got the Roof Studio prints. So uh, thanks to the Roof Studio for those. Um, and yeah, we'll be back for the Fulham game. So, uh, Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Good lads. Bringing some so, some sober chat to the conversation. Uh, much, need, much needed sober chat. <laughs> much needed sobering chat, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Matt, we got through it. So, um, yeah, happy days. Thanks for everyone for listening. We'll be back again soon. Please do like, share and subscribe. And we will be back. Take care. Take care, everyone. Home, warm smiles, crash and burn.